Hey, I'm Drew. Tim? Tim, are you here? In this special episode, we go over the lineup and topics for the 2019 Hearts and Hands Workshop. Welcome to a special episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm here with Kent Reeder, and we are going through all of the presenters and topics for this year's Hearts and Hands event, and Kent's going to tell us how we're going to do that. Yeah, so um, there's a lot, because the workshops are always very full of all kinds of great ideas. So we're going to take 90 seconds. I've got a timer right here on my phone, and we will spend 90 seconds talking about each presenter and what they're going to do, and once 90 seconds is up, we must move on. So sorry to the presenters who don't, who we miss important things on because the rules matter more than being communicative good so we start with in the artist sessions joel heckendorf has a session called not everyone is a eunice creatively weaving a theme throughout the worship service uh eunice is a, a member he knew that was blind um and she had the uh common service from page 15 in Christian worship memorized um, and she just could do it front to back no problem um, because it was the same every week but he says not everyone's like Eunice some people want uh, a more focused theme each week um, and so he's going to talk about how to integrate theme throughout all the readings and songs and art and all that sort of thing. I think in general this is a thing that like is more and more common whether you're a church that uses the lectionary a church that doesn't use the lectionary um, and identifying like one central theme and running after it the whole time is I think more like it's very palatable from a, the perspective of a, of a congregation member so here's a guy who's done it for a number of years um, who's done it in a couple different settings he's about to do it at a kind of at a, at a, at a new mission um, and will certainly have a lot of good insight on how to make that happen yeah. well. He's also worked with a lot of other Wells creatives that were familiar with. Joey Schumann was at his last church and they collaborated a lot. So I'm excited to hear how oh, nice. he collaborates with different artists as well. Yeah, that'll be really cool. All right. We did that with six seconds left. Look at us go. Go. Jason Jasperson. We're still working on a finalized title for him, but for now we're calling it the Artist Tribe. Um, he just has a lot of thoughts about... Um, working together as a as a collective yeah so if you went to jason's presentation at the last one i mean he was a workshop presenter a, a breakout presenter i'm sorry at the last hearts and hands and now he's going to be one of the artist session guys but um he literally talked about a group of artists as being like the avengers so he's thinking about this on a level that nobody other than like whatever the name of the guy who's in charge of all of marvel kevin something kevin is, feige, feige yeah. is thinking about it on he's the kevin feige of wells creatives um which will be Fascinating, And I think he's a guy who personally, you know, has benefited a lot as he's come to know and understand uh, and develop relationships with other artists, you know, thinking specifically about his career right now with Koine yeah. um, and the major change that that is for him and how much more closely he's connected. He's become to a creative process within the Wisconsin Senate. Oh. I'm also very curious. He he's talking about experimenting with a slightly different style of presentation, maybe some like somewhat of an interview format or something. We're gonna work out the details in the coming weeks here, but um, I'm sure it'll be interesting. However, he ends up doing it. Yeah, it will. 
he did that great thing at the youth rally last year with that big collaborative art piece. Um, and even just that, like without ever saying anything, he taught all these teens about this whole tribe, about getting together and finding people who were interested in being creative and doing, oh, there we go. Thumbs up. There we go. Go. Chris and Nelson. Her topic is thinking made visual, creating clear visual communication. Um, and she's going to talk a lot about things like branding, um, both for your church as a whole, but also within like something like a sermon series or something like that, too. Sure. Chris is one of those people who um, is such a uh, all these different things meeting in the same place, right? Like with her background, doesn't she have something in like architecture? architecture? Yeah, architecture. And then the work that she's done, her husband's a pastor. So the work that she's done at his church with um, designing their series and designing their series art and not just designing it, but making a narrative happen through that art. Um, the same exact way that she approaches designing a lobby, she approaches designing the advertisements for a sermon series. So her insight on this is it's different right it's it's not the way that a guy who's been doing sermon series for years thinks about it um or a graphic designer who's worked exclusively within a church context thinks about it um it's it's very structural uh, in a way that i think is really helpful to a lot of people and they're in mankato now yeah they just recently moved up to me they were in iowa now they're in minnesota um so yeah she's done this in a couple different contexts right. too so it'll be interesting to see um how she does things the same, how she's switched it up based to contextualize for where they're at now. Yeah. And how that's a, applicable in different contexts. So she's going to have uh, 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 insight into how that actually plays. Time's up. Our last artist session is a tag team, kind of like Kent and I did at the last Hearts and Hands. This time we have Sarah Heinrich and Lydia Metzger, who are cousins, and they look eerily similar to each other if you check out their pictures on the website um but what they both have in common is they've pursued music and they've pursued their passion for music uh to a level where they, they have advanced degrees in it they both have at least a master's in it um and lydia is a fantastic violinist sarah is a fantastic uh, pianist and conductor um and she's worked with a lot of different types of groups there so we're excited their their title is called risking for the reward navigating life's moves and your creative career yeah i not a big deal but henrich 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 sorry Sarah. Uh, it's it's okay um but the, these two are like what we did with the tag team but much better looking. Way better looking. Uh, and they've accomplished some stuff that is way up there. I mean, within their respective fields, they've done just such very fine and, and tremendous work. And the, the discipline that I think they'll bring to the table when it comes to like taking your art and taking it to a very high, uh, refined level is going to be just great to listen to no matter what. Um, regardless of topic or whatever, but as they talk about it, you know, how do we be a creative um, and minister and um, develop a creative career specifically? These guys have thought about it more than most. That brings us to our breakout sessions. The first one is Anna Biedenbender. Her topic is called Bridging the Gap, and there's kind of two gaps that she's bridging. The first one is between the gap between an artist's individual expression and being able to create something that speaks to a broader audience or even across like culture and time. Um, and the second gap is the gap between 
uh, sacred and secular art, especially visual art, since she is a painter primarily. Um, so very excited to hear what she has to say about this. And you guys just did a podcast episode where you interviewed her, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she it comes from a real creative family, which I think is interesting, like a very religious but a very creative um, family. So this is something that she's kind of navigated or thought about for her whole life and considered. And it's, I, I also like that she's going to be in a breakout as opposed to the artist sessions because those sessions are so much more intimate and you can ask questions and you can kind of dig in in a – uh, like a real, like, I'm going to be an active learner kind of a way. Um, her experience is going to help a lot to anybody who goes to that session and gets involved with that. Um, whether they're bridging the gap from secular to sacred or the gap um, with, with that visual sec- uh, segment of art. Yeah, and I think also, like, she's in an interesting position where she's a painter, but she also works as a worship coordinator um, for her church. So like she has a different perspective that she's not just purely off in her studio, just thinking about that sort of thing. She's rare to have a a predominantly artistic worship coordinator at a Welsh church. That's true. Jeffrey Bonac is talking about creating sermon series and uh, his subtitle is it takes a village. So he's, this isn't just for pastors. Um, it's for anybody who would be involved in the creation of a sermon series. So musicians, visual artists, um, just anybody who would have something to contribute to the thing that happens on a Sunday morning. Um, he's going to have some insight into. Yeah. And it's also going to be good for anybody who's regularly doing this, even if you feel like you're in a good rhythm, um, because creating sermon series is such a big, there's so many parts to it. There's so many pieces that requires so much listening. Um, just having, an, like, it's great that he's coming and he's going to give an outsider voice from anybody's context to how to do this or how he's approaching it. Cause it's going to expand anybody's, uh, view of what taking, making a sermon series looks like. Uh, how long has he been doing it? When did he, Liza Bennett, do we have that? Uh, I don't have it. We don't have here. that. No. But he's also um, done it with a number. He's collaborated with a number of different pastors in oh, this, nice. um, both from like the people who he's currently working with but and other pastors who have previously been at that church and taken calls elsewhere. Um, so he has a lot of insight in how to collaborate both with pastors and with lay people and worship people and whatever to to make that actually happen. Think about sermon series. It doesn't have to take a village, but if it does, it's going to be way better. Way better. Uh, people, are, people are going to get a lot more out of it. Sean Flater, uh, for now, his title is just lighting for the church. Um, and I'm really excited because uh, his is going to be really tailored to his audience. What we're actually going to end up doing is sending out a survey, um, both uh, to people who have already registered for the conference, but also to people, we'll just make it available to the public. So if you're thinking about going, but you want, you want to give your input, um, he just wants to be able to know what questions regarding lighting do you have in your particular context in your church what what do you want to be doing better what do you want to start doing um and he has a whole boatload of experience in everything from theater to church to the music industry he's just done so much with lighting um and his his experiences just be so valuable i think yeah and he's done it in both secular and religious contexts which is great and including like time of grace um which is you know sort of the production quality high end within the realm of the Wisconsin Synod, um, for sure. And the other great thing is that for anybody who's interested in this, 
you're all coming in, almost everybody in Wisconsin is going to be coming into this with very little or relatively little experience. Um, and so it, the amount of learning that'll go on in this breakout is, it's pretty exciting because we just don't, you know, there's not an MLC course, there's not a seminary course, there's the, but we're really not talking much about lighting management within the, within the context of our church body. Zach Gabert might win the prize for coolest title. It's called Craft Worship, Organic and Locally Sourced. That's because you like beer. Yeah. yeah. But um, he he's talking about kind of if you're looking to start something, uh, not to get into words like traditional or contemporary, but we'll say modern or creative, um, and you're looking to integrate more creativity into your worship services. Um, he kind of did this from the ground up with his most recent call in Appleton. Um, and he, he, I was just talking to him on the phone yesterday and he was talking about, um, just aiming for a very specific target market and then unabashedly like gearing everything towards that target market and what that actually looks like. Yeah. Zach's ministry is this sort of live experiment um, of what happens when you, you take out the sort of ambiguity of creativity and you decide that you're going to aim at somebody and you're going to tailor it for them. Is it going to work? Are they going to, is it going to help people connect to the word or isn't it going to help people connect to the word? And I mean, so far um, he's had a lot of opportunities to connect a lot of people to the word because they've been so specific and clear and intentional about the ways that they've done this. Um, he also like, he does it in an unassuming way that I'm excited for people to get to experience from him. Zach's just such a, he's a gentle, good guy who's there, um, not some authority or something. Eric McGathy is another recent podcast guest. Um, he's talking about arranging songs to fit your context. Um, and we talked about this a little bit on the podcast just to kind of give you a preview, but, um, He'll get a little more into the nuts and bolts of, like, what does it look like if I just have, you know, a piano and a guitar? How can I actually do a Hillsong song? Or if I want to do a hymn, but I only have a guitarist and it doesn't have chords in the hymnal, what do I do? Or, you know, no matter what you're trying to do, whether you're trying to update something old or scale back something huge or however, or make something huge that wasn't huge to begin with, he's going to be talking about how can I do what's best for my context with the things I have. Yeah, and Eric's experience is going to be great um, for him to present on this because if he's got a degree in music um, and he's seen it happen at the broad scale, at the broad level with WLC and everything, but then he got in on the very ground level of a Wells mission that started in Colorado as the worship coordinator pretty much from day one. So they started with you know the very, very bare essentials as they're getting things going, and um, he had to figure out how to translate his his you know, his degree and his bigger music vision into this smaller context where you had fewer people, fewer resources, fewer things to go on. And they've done it um, remarkably well out there at Carbon Valley. Um, I, I think, too, that arranging songs... Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think about that. Tim Nolte is a director, producer, videographer extraordinaire. His topic is Hollywood quality production on a small church budget. So he's going to be talking a lot about different resources and software and things like that that are available um, either for free or that are very affordable um, and how you can use those to do things like video or motion graphics or animation and do them well even on a smaller budget. Huh, the, um, 
The desire for, of churches to make good video, I hear about it all the time as I talk to people. Like they want sweet sermon intros or they want to be able to advertise well. Um, but that is, this is one area where I think we feel like there's a giant mountain to climb. And Tim's going to help us understand that there's certainly a lot that can be done. And, you know, Hollywood level quality can be achieved with a lot of money, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, it's, you know, if you've got people who have the desire and want to put in the time and you can do kind of a minimal investment, you can have really communicative video that helps people a lot. And even in the few times we've used it here at Illumin, like we've seen it, people really, they latch on, they're staring at the screen, they're looking. Yeah. And I think, uh, we talked to John Witte a couple weeks ago on the podcast about video and he, he mentioned like the the camera on your iPhone is better than the first camera yeah. he bought. So this isn't necessarily even something you have to go out and buy a $2,000 camera to start doing. You can do it with the yeah, Even the hardware have. is, yeah. is uh, attainable and affordable. Cool. Perfect timing. Nailed it. We're the best at this. Caleb Schmiege is talking about writing songs for worship, inspiration, relation, and communication. Um, so just kind of working through his process, um, but... Doing it in a way that isn't necessarily like, this is the best way of doing things, you should all do things like me, but more just um, where he gets some of his ideas from, where resources he uses as he's thinking about songs and as he's digging deeper into texts and ideas and things like that. Yeah, you and I have had the chance to hear him talk about this at our songwriting weekends here, um, and he really does have a, a clear genuine sort of earnest way of explaining his approach to it and you can kind of follow and watch oh yeah i guess if you do it this way and you do this thing and you do this you're going to come up with something like what he does and if you haven't heard caleb's stuff like soundcloud he's really good about putting things on soundcloud um and it's excellent he really gets how to make things congregational he really gets how to prioritize the use of like scriptural terminology and focus uh in the music that he writes so yeah I also think, like, some people don't like this word, but his songs are quite catchy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so not only are they congregational in a way that, like, it's easy for a large group of people to sing them, but, like, they'll get stuck in their heads, too. And, uh, like, that's not on accident. He he thinks about how he approaches his, his melody writing. Yeah, I think well. I've heard the song he wrote last songwriting weekend, like, maybe seven or eight times total. And I get it stuck in my head a couple times a week. <laughs> Paul Trapp is talking about color symbolism and interpretation of visual art. Um, I was talking to him on the phone this week, uh, and he talked especially about um, some symbolism that has to do with numbers. And as a, a math geek, that got me really excited. But he said, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about scripture, we, we know important numbers that have to do with scripture, like 7 and 12 and 3 and all that. But we don't necessarily know how that shows up in some some visual art and and how that sort of symbolism can get tied in even to things like that. I am excited for someday then to make a Nicolas Cage movie about Nicolas Cage following clues that were in Community of Wells Creatives pieces of art to find a treasure um, because of Paul Trapp's presentation. But no, I mean, he's prolific. He's got a ton of great work. Um, and probably we, we should definitely say at this point, like our hearts are out there for his family. Um, Paul's father just passed away this past week, and he was an amazing guy who did a lot of great ministry too and certainly taught his son um, how to have a heart for ministry and passionately and excellently do um, the art that he creates which is it's it's very good it is technically very good um and remarkable to look at and where does he live i believe he's out in, he's in oregon. oregon now yeah cool he'll be one of our furthest traveling presenters to come and um lead a breakout for everybody 
There we go. <laughs> Danny Wagner is talking about training youth to serve as part of a worship team. Um, he has a kind of unique ministry that he runs like a music academy that is also a ministry of their church in Bethlehem in Lakeville, Minnesota. So he's working like as basically his full-time job to be training students in music, but it's also connected to the work he does at the church. Um, so he has some unique insights as far as that goes. I think if you're somebody who wants to have creative worship or, or, or more musicians or more instruments involved in your worship um, or more artists or whatever it is, you, you got to understand, you got to identify that one of the best assets that exists for you are the children of your congregation. You can invest in them. Um, you can educate them. You can help them to grow. And Danny has done this in real life, right? Like he's actually made this happen and developed something that teaches these kids this passion, teaches these kids this art and this excitement about um, whatever aspect of worship they're being a part of, but simultaneously provides his church and the churches in the Twin Cities with qualified musicians um, and qualified artists who can do stuff. Yeah, and I, I was talking to him about this a couple months ago now, and he asked, would it be okay if I also talked about, you know, not youth, getting them involved? And I was like, if you've got the time, go for it, but you've only got like 60 to 70 minutes. So if you have questions about that, though, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer it through the course of the week. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. And last but certainly not least, we have our friend Mike Westendorf. His topic is communication and the worship leader exploring the why to figure out the how. Um, this was a topic that had been requested um, in in some of the surveys we sent out at the end of the last Hearts and Hands, um, just seeing what do people want to hear about. Um, and they talked about what, you know, kind of what does it look like to be a, a good worship leader, like a guy that steps up in, on, in front of a microphone every Sunday and is leading worship. Um, how do you do that well? Um, how how do you avoid doing that poorly? What are th things you want to think about? And when I approached Mike with this topic, he's like, I'd be happy to answer the how, but you, you have to start with the why. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for that one. Well, Mike's a thinker, right? So he's going to want to start with the why. And he's also... A guy who's done this in a context where you do have sort of a rotating staff or rotating group of people with the campus ministry uh, that he's worked with and with the touring that he's done. Um, so he's had to be, you know, raise the level of communication in order to, like why, uh, in order to make sure things happen well um, in, a, in a dynamic and, and uh, changing group of people. So um, what Mike has accomplished in his career, well, not even like being a full time. I think he's got a call right now. He does, yeah. um, but not yet being a, you know paid to be full time in this. It's it's incredible, and yeah. he must have a team, right? And and have the ability to lead and instruct and help a team. Well, that's all the time we've got. We hope that helps give you a little more insight into what you can expect here at the next Hearts and Hands. We hope to see many of you there. Uh, if you want to register, you can go to wellscreatives.com slash register, um, and it, registration is live. Just do it. Two days register. Ago. Do it go. now. Don't wait. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>